All right, everyone, we are back on the Ramped podcast today. We have an extremely special guest, somebody that we at Ramped have been admiring for some time. It is Kyle Elliott. Kyle, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and speaking with you in the audience. We are too. We have been such big fans of your content. You are all over the place on LinkedIn, Instagram, everywhere. I want to dive into that. But before we jump into those important topics for job seekers today, I do want to know who is Kyle Elliott? Oh my gosh, such a big question, a question I help job seekers with. In a nutshell, though, I'm a tech career coach. So when people are trying to figure out what job they want next, I help them answer that question. And then once they land on that job, I help people go land it. I help them go secure that job. So those two big questions I help people navigate. What job do they want? And then once they want that job, how do I land it? How do I go secure that role? That is wonderful. And one of the reasons that we have been admiring your work for some time. I do want to dive into some of these meaty topics, but before we go the tactical route, I do want to understand where do you see this job search today? We've heard a lot of terminology about it's job search 2.0. Things are rapidly changing post-COVID, boom, bust, tons of layoffs. What is your take, your high-level take on where the job search or where the talent industry is today? Yeah, the job market is rapidly evolving. I was just quoted in an article, I think, for CNBC about the tech market and how it's shifting. And I think what's really important when you look at news, when you look at social media, is oftentimes they say in journalism, if it bleeds, it leads. So we're going to see articles around tech companies having 9,000, 12,000, 15,000 layoffs. But you're also not going to see articles about these same companies hiring back employees or hiring in a different area around AI as much. I was in that article about those companies hiring, but you're not going to see that as much. So I'm seeing a lot of companies hiring right now. It's the middle of summer and a lot of companies are hiring. However, there's a lot of great people out there, a lot of people looking for work. So just being qualified isn't going to cut it like a few years ago, right when it was booming before the COVID pandemic struck. So now just being qualified isn't enough. And instead, you have to say, here's what sets me apart from everyone else who is qualified and what's unique about me. So I'm excited for us to talk about that today and say, here's what's different about me and how I'm uniquely qualified compared to other people. And that's how you stand out in this saturated job market right now. Really, really good points. Good perspective, too. It's kind of the first time we've heard, at least this season, that, yes, it's tough out there, but specifically in tech, there are companies bringing folks back on for new roles. Obviously, we love, love, love AI. It is the future in so many ways. And uh, I am a firm believer that AI will not just, it won't replace humans. There'll just be more jobs available. They'll be different. Mm -hmm. So that's a good segue to what you just spoke about. How do folks differentiate themselves in this job market, in this climate? What are a few things that they can focus on to really tell their unique story to a company or to a talent acquisition team? So far as what's important is to make sure you're communicating that you meet all the requirements in the job posting. A lot of people forget to do that. So when you're writing your resume, it should be really clear that you meet all the items in the job posting. A lot of job seekers will reach out to me and say, Kyle, I meet all these items in the job posting. And I say, I read your resume. It was really difficult for me to even see that you've worked in these industries. Yes, I had to go to page three to even figure out that you worked in the tech industry because your current job isn't there. So first, you just want to make it clear that you've done that and then connect the dots and don't hide the fact. Let's say you worked in big four consulting. 
before you move to the tech industry. If that's what's unique about you, that should be in the first few lines of your resume. That is really great. So in addition to making sure it's clear that you're hitting all the items in the job posting, you also want to highlight really clearly what sets you apart from other people. So if you have a background in big four consulting, for example, on your resume, you can call that out and not make that person dig for the second or third page to call attention that you come from Deloitte or EY or BCG, whatever it may be. Call that out at the very beginning and say, I offer this unique lens as a result of this background in big four consulting. And a lot of people make the recruiter or the hiring manager connect the dots for them. And instead of the job secrets, your opportunity to say, here's what's unique about me. And I would do that on your resume, your LinkedIn profile, your cover letter, and just say, here's what's unique about me. Because you likely know that, but you have to communicate that for them throughout your materials and throughout your job search. Yeah, it's such a good point, Kyle. And something we see very, very often when we're working with job seekers as well is this, hey, I want to do this, or I potentially want to do these three things. And it really comes through in their online profile, or let's call it their interview packet, right? the cover letter, the resume, the online content through LinkedIn, if that's sporadic, you're not going to be able to tell that consistent story about who you are as a person and who you are as a potential worker and your upside potential as well. I am definitely of the opinion that the resume must go, not necessarily today, not tomorrow, but it really doesn't do a great job of telling the story of who a person actually is. Mm -hmm. However, it is what we're working with today. That is within the bounds of the job search. How mm -hmm. can folks level up the storytelling that they have with whatever content they, they choose, right? Resume, cover letter, LinkedIn, you know, Instagram, TikTok to impress not only the talent acquisition team, but the hiring manager. How do they tell that story better? I think what's key is that story piece and to figure out if you go back to 10th grade English, what is your thesis statement? What's that one key piece that's really important? And let's say it's your consulting background. Every single item you write, every story you tell should come back to that consulting background. So let's say you're in the interview. You know what's really unique about me my consulting background? And that's now how I apply my project management skills if I was to come to Meta. Or let's say what's unique about you is your government background. Oh, because I was successful in government where there's a lot of bureaucracy, where it's super matrix and hierarchical, here's what's unique about me. So whatever that thesis statement is, you want to apply that everywhere throughout your job search and make sure you're continuing to revisit that thesis statement rather than just mentioning it once and then assuming they're going to remember. You have to remember these recruiters, these hiring managers, these interviewers are talking to a lot of people. And they're not going to remember it, even if you mention it once or twice, you have to keep repeating it to them. And a lot of people, let's say they come from a government background and they're trying to break into tech. That's a lot of my clients or they come from higher education. They're afraid, oh, I don't have tech experience. They're not going to like me. You can't change your experience. So instead, I would shine a light on it and connect the dots for that employer to say, no, here's why it's actually a benefit that I come from government or higher ed or whatever your background is. You need to own it. Because if you don't own it and you don't market it for them, it's going to be difficult for them to comprehend why it's an asset and benefit that you have this unique background. Super, super impactful and really good point. And what I find too in response to that is a lot of folks just get apprehensive, like they get a little anxious when they're talking about themselves and maybe that imposter syndrome starts to creep in. And for sure within tech, right? A lot of times tech companies will hire experts from outside of tech and bring that knowledge in 
specifically companies like Uber or Square, right? You're looking for experts from legal to help with these different challenging legal complexities in different countries they launch for Uber. And then with Square, right? You want financial stack knowledge so that you can process payments much quicker and add that tech layer to it. For you, how do you help people? And what are some guidance that you have for people that are maybe struggling with that anxiety, internal anxiety, perhaps lack of confidence, perhaps you know, imposter syndrome as they're going or embarking on this job search and then throughout. I love that expertise aspect you mentioned or that consultant. You can mention I'm like a consultant at your company. I'm going to be coming from a different industry and can provide a unique lens. So there are a lot of different ways to try and boost your confidence. If you're going for a role where you feel like perhaps you're not 100% qualified, one of the assignments I give a lot of my coaching clients is to write out all the benefits that come as a result of their unique background. So if you're coming from government or maybe higher education or nonprofit and you're going to tech or you're a non-manager going for your first manager role or you're a manager going for your first executive role, I would encourage you to write out 10, 20, 30 benefits of hiring someone. So you might say, here are 20 reasons to hire someone from government to go for a tech role and write all of those out. And then if you get stuck, literally Google, what are some benefits of someone from a government background? What are the benefits of someone from outside tech joining tech? And write all those reasons out. And then for each one, have an example or a story to back it up. Here's a great example from government of how I navigated bureaucracy. Here's an example of how I worked within a really hierarchical organization and write out all those benefits. Because what's important and what I think is really a hallmark of coaching and a successful job seeker is you can't change your background, experience, skills, at least in the short term. So your job is to say, here's what I have and how do I work with it and shine a light on it and say, here's what I have. I'm going to package it for the most successful job search possible. Super cool. And not only do we... And have we noticed that you are an elite coach, Kyle, but that guidance is something we've heard from other amazing coaches as well as just put the, the player, right? Player coach model, put the player in the best position to succeed given their skill set. You know, yes, of course, people can change, get better, but who are the best suited for that specific role, specific experience and just let that shine. I, I really, really like that. I want to go a little bit rapid fire with you if you're okay on the tactical front because a lot of our job seekers today are in that, let's call it second wave of their career. We work with a lot of folks who are late Gen X and some baby boomers as well. I want to go very specific tactical. Let's say you're somebody who is looking for that next job or career or even another role within your exact career path and you have... 30 years of experience, but you're looking for that new company. How do you even think about getting started, especially for some of these folks that haven't updated a resume in, let's call it 25 years? Yeah, that's a lot of my clients. A lot of people I work with, they're like, Kyle, the last time I worked on my resume was 98. Maybe I got my MBA or as a college career fair, I literally printed out 20 or 30 copies of my resume and passed it out. I think what's really helpful to start with is writing out all of your accomplishments and saying, here's all the great things I've done. And the second piece I would do is find a job posting that you're really interested in, not trying to write your resume, but instead saying, here's the job posting and then I'm going to work backwards and think of that job posting like a recipe card. Okay, they're looking for someone who's done project management. Do I have a project management accomplishment? Great. Let me put that on my resume. Okay, they're looking for someone who's led a team. Do I have a team accomplishment? Let me put that on there. 
it's kind of like cooking. You don't want to just throw everything from your kitchen in the bowl, but instead you want to do one item at a time. So then you don't have something that's like, why is there bacon in this like cake that I'm making? But instead go item through item through the job posting. And when you have 30 years of experience, you're going to have more ingredients than they need. And you don't want them to be like, this is overwhelming. They're not looking for a buffet. They're looking for three, four, five key ingredients. So I would use the job posting to guide you, and that can be a lot easier. It's normal to feel a lack of confidence when you see a role and you know a lot of other people are applying for it. So what I would suggest is thinking of that job posting kind of like a recipe card saying, I need all these items in the job posting and start to make a list of how you meet each item and say, here's my accomplishments and starting to match yourself to those accomplishments. Okay, you're looking for this. Here's how I've done that. You're looking for this. Here's how I've done that. And that can be really helpful, especially when you have 25, 30, 35 years of experience. You're going to realize you have a lot more than what they're asking for. And if they're not asking for someone who's done a budget, but then you have five accomplishments from your career around the budget and you throw that on the resume, it can be overwhelming. And they're like, okay, we're just looking for project management. You have way more. So I would use that job posting to write your resume and they've really done a lot of the work for you and you just have to then reverse engineer your experience to fit it. Super cool, super cool, great advice. Sticking with the rapid fire theme. So we meet with a lot of folks, especially in that stage of their career where they're like, okay, I want a VP, SVP, C-suite title. And there's just not that many listed mm -hmm. online or on job aggregators or you know, in the wild. How do folks find those open roles? Is it just straight networking? Is it, you just got to wait and see, is it something totally different? So a few things, a lot of those roles are not going to be listed or at least not right away. there's a lot of misinformation about the hidden job market, but a lot of those roles are not going to be publicly posted because a lot of times those roles, someone may be outed out of that position or that role just is new or it's evolving or changing. So I like thinking of it as relationship searching, as my mentor Jill Katz calls it. You're out searching for a job, but instead you're planting seeds and having conversations with people. So as you're looking for a role, what I would suggest is have conversations with people who work at your target companies or know people at your target companies. So if you're in tech and let's say you want to work at a major tech company, I would start having conversations with people at those companies and letting them know this is what I'm looking for. So as they hear, oh, there's a VP of engineer opening here or here, they can keep you in mind. And then oftentimes for lower level roles, there's not a headhunter externally that's going to be used. For, but for these higher level roles, headhunters and executive recruiters are often used. So reaching out to them can be really helpful as well so they can keep you in mind. Really, really good advice. Really good advice. Definitely something we talk about here is taking the side door because your peer group mm -hmm. is, it's not like everybody's competing, you know, directly against each other. But when you have a network, especially at that stage of your career, you've worked with so many amazing people and use that network because your peer group is doing it. And even like a executive search or, you know, a headhunter, that's kind of that at scale, right? Like they leverage relationships all the time mm -hmm. to put people in different seats. So Really, really solid advice there, especially for that crew of folks who is on to that next really high performance, high profile job. So another one that we hear often is, and I want your guidance on this, is how long should I expect to be looking for that type of role? Do you have any suggestions there? I tell people a few months, it's vague specific. It can be anywhere from two months to six months or longer. 
current data puts unemployed folks around five months for their job search, but usually it's a handful of months. Again, kind of one of those covenants of coaching I like saying is what inputs can we control? So you can control how well you craft your resume, targeting the right roles. So if you're in sales and you're like, I want to switch to HR, it's going to take longer than if you're in sales and going for a sales or account management account executive role. But I would say the more you control and optimize the areas of your job search that are in your control, the quicker you're going to land a job than if you're focusing on items not in your control and really obsessing over those. But I would say a few months and then the higher you are, it's going to take a little longer typically because like you said, there's just less roles out there. So there's even within your control, there's just less roles you can apply to and less people you can network with. Yep, really, really good call. That is uh, in line with what we expect to want to transition to a few hot takes if you're down to hot takes on the job search. So job search has obviously changed. What is one thing that you see in the way that people apply to jobs today that you could just get rid of immediately? LinkedIn easy apply button. Um, I love LinkedIn. I was a LinkedIn top voice, which is their highest honor a few years ago. I think LinkedIn easy apply. I mean, some people, sure, they get jobs from it, but I think people think you easy apply and then you're done. That's only the first step in the process. There's a lot of other steps necessary in a successful, effective, proactive job search. So if I could get rid of anything, it would be that because I think job seekers are just misinformed on what's necessary to be as effective as possible on their job search. That's a great one. That can go the uh, mass supply button. Yes. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. The mass supply equals mass reject. Not good. Yes. All right. And one more on the hot tech. What's a trend that you see right now that is maybe a little hacky that people can latch onto and get some immediate quick wins? I would say one that I would not get onto, ChatGPT. I think a lot of people are using it incorrectly. I can quickly tell when people have sent me something that was written by ChatGPT and they didn't use it intentionally. I've seen some clients use it well when networking and customizing their message, but I would not encourage people to just take ChatGPT at face value because it can give you misinformation, especially if you're an executive or working with confidential or proprietary information. You don't want to just putting that into ChatGPT because oftentimes I'll rip stuff off. I've actually had my information plagiarized because it's pulling from the internet pulling from the web, and then you don't know where that information is coming from. Also, it only can take what you've put in there. So if you're not giving great accomplishments in ChatGPT, it can't then give you your accomplishments back. So I would be mindful before using ChatGPT because you're not going to stand out if you're just using the same thing everyone else is using. Great one, great one. I'm obviously biased there. We have a platform that while it uses AI, we have our own models sitting on top that custom create cover letters for you based on the inputs that you have and a ton of work that's gone into it. So yes, I would agree with you. Don't just blindly use those ChatGPT or BART or any of those to spit out a cover letter, resume, et cetera. I use something a little bit more personalized or a lot more personalized. Really, really good one. Last rapid fire one. What is something that you saw on LinkedIn or Instagram that has been fun or funny or helped alleviate some of the stress with the job search that you want folks to know about? 
I love corporate Natalie. Whenever I do workshops, I try and include one of her photos or something like that. She has this funny one about like trying to introduce yourself in a meeting and summarize everything you do. Um, I think of myself when people are like, wait, you get paid to like teach people how to find a job. Your job is to find jobs around finding jobs. I love corporate Natalie, though. I think she's hilarious and funny to watch. And she always just makes my day. So it's one of my funny kind of things to watch when I need to lighten up my mood. And then of course, anything Cardi B just makes my day or making the stallion. Love it. Love it. Love it. Big fan of corporate Natalie as well. I have been an early follower of her and actually corporate bro to coming from tech sales. So known them, honestly, and I, I don't know either of them personally, but I've known about them since their early, early days. So very, very fun to watch that crew of creators and influencers have an impact on our environment and on the job search. And yes, Cardi and, and Megan are both amazing too. Kyle, this has been a really great conversation. I do have to ask you that one question that we've asked all our guests on all four seasons of the Ramped Podcast. Now that you have the benefit of hindsight, if you could go back to that early stage in your career and give yourself one piece of advice, what would that advice be? easy. It would be to take more risks. On the other side of those risks were amazing opportunities. And I just wish I took more risks that were larger earlier on on the opposite side of every risk was amazingness and fabulousness. Great one. Great one. Great one. Don't really have that perspective. I don't know what it is, but some people, you know, go, you know, all risk all the way at the early career. But I totally agree. You've got almost unlimited time in the grand scheme of things when you're just embarking on your career. You can swing for the fences more and more often at that point in time. Really, really good advice. This has been such a fun conversation. I appreciate your presence here. We've obviously been huge fans for quite some time, and it's great to speak with you in person over Zoom. Before I let you go, where can folks find you? How can folks engage with you? Yes, of course, as you said, LinkedIn, it's Kyle Elliott with two L's and two T's, Instagram, Kefnia Kyle, and then my website, kefniakyle.com. Please feel free to reach out if you have any job search or career questions. Yep, Kyle is a wealth of knowledge. We'll drop all that info into the show notes. Kyle, thank you so, so much for your words of wisdom today. And we very much hope to have you again on the Ramp Podcast someday. Yes, thank you. And thank you to the listeners. All right, talk soon.